0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, boys and girls, to Brutal Nation, the podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, right across from me is the one, the only, the gift-bearing... Tammy Underwood, say hi, Tam.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: So, if you guys don't know this, we record these things a week prior to... Yeah, a week uh, in advance. A week in advance. So, today is... Well,
1: actually, it's a couple of days in advance.
0: Well, okay. Go a couple of days. Yeah, because
1: today's today's Saturday. Christmas. Today's,
0: today's Christmas Day.
1: And we'll release on one, Monday.
0: So, there's been a joke between Tammy and I, because I'm the perpetual smartass, because I really have no ghetto card at all. Right. I'm as white as white can be, but I keep telling you.
1: I'm not allowed, I was told I wasn't allowed to buy any gifts, ever.
0: (laughs) You might want to uh, get a little bit closer to your mic when you're talking, but I know you're drinking coffee. But anyway, so... I, I mess with Tammy all the time because a, you're, you're a hardcore gangster rap I fan. love
1: gangster rap, yes. And I keep telling her. Tupac I, is my heart.
0: I sit there and go, hey, homie, I listen to the Tupac and the Eminem. How about that? Chris and the Little Wayne.
1: See, I don't mind when you make fun of all of them <laughs> except for Tupac. I mean, I will cut a bitch over Tupac.
0: So um, I kept on telling her that I'm going to get myself a potbelly pig. Yeah, because you
1: call yourself, you said your what, your rap name, your white rap name is uh, obscenely white.
0: Obscenely obscenely white, because I'm super white, man. You are
1: very white.
0: You know, I take off my shirt, I have to wear sunglasses in the shower. Cause, I have
1: to wear, you yeah. know.
0: <laughs> so I told her I'm going to get a potbelly pig to accompany me. I'm going to name it Notorious P.I.G. So sit in front of me right yeah. now. Well,
1: and he did take a he did send me a TikTok video of this guy that had a oh, pot yeah. belly pig in the truck with him. Yeah.
0: That was awesome. She found me one that looked much like that pot belly pig I that did. I sent her. And it's got a collar around his neck and she had engraved into its collar it, into its tag. Obscenely white and notorious. Pig. So guess what? He's coming with me. Like do my day job when I when I go off the studios to record. He's coming with me. He's, he's going to be
1: your mascot. He's
0: my mascot. He's going everywhere with me.
1: Yeah, he's adorable. He's I, freaking know. awesome.
0: Eddie oints, which is true. he drumming. does.
1: He grunts. Yes.
0: I am entertained by so smaller things.
1: Well, you are like a kid at heart. Mm-hmm. You're like a little kid, and so I know that if my gifts can be like would um please a five-year-old oh
0: that's me totally then
1: i can totally yeah so i'm no longer banned from getting gifts because that with the alligator (laughs) hat just you know that's the kind of gifts i give
0: well and and here's the kind of cool thing is that you know you brought up a good point you go like this what do you get the guy who can literally buy anything in the world that he wants
1: you already have i know because when my son goes well what does he like i said well he likes music and guitars (laughs) i said he's really into guitars he goes we're not buying him a guitar mom i said i don't have fifty thousand dollars to Throw down on another Les Paul.
0: Oh no no my 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 Les Pauls aren't fifty thousand. They're like three to five, I think, or six.
1: Isn't that one like really expensive? Oh no,
0: my my vintage one. Yeah, that's, that's over ten.
1: Yeah, because I was like, yeah. I don't have that kind of dough just laying around in my back pocket. <laughs> but no, it is true. You, I, I never know, and it's I'm really, I'm hard to buy for because I never know what I want. But no, I always find like bizarre. Funny I am gifts.
0: enamored with Notorious Pig. Are
1: you enamored? And the fact that I got him the studded Skull and Crossbones collar, which, which happened to be the last one there.
0: And that that, that collar, by the way, matches the new stage does. hat that I bought for when we play shows. Yeah. It's well, and the thing and is, when
1: I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, that is totally going to match his hat.
0: <laughs> Hell, yeah. He's coming to shows with me, too. Oh, I believe When we get you. back out there playing, because now there's been a... There's a restructuring of the band.
1: Right. Um, so you're gonna, going to, like, on. keep him on the monitor in the back? Oh, no. he's
0: standing right on top of my amp.
1: Oh, yeah. I right hand.
0: there at the your I, foot amp? No, no. The, the one that stays in the back. Oh, yeah. My, my black star. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because, you know, my homie's going to protect my gear. That's right. He's got the studded collar for a reason because he's notorious.
1: He's notorious. I know. I was going to come in singing notorious. But... I didn't want to give it away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest fucking shit. Yeah, been, you know, uh, all in all, and we'll get into our, our part two of John, Bodkin Adams here in a minute. All in all, I'm I'm the kind of person I really hate Christmas because you know I kind of had some really bad times in Christmas. Right, and you don't like up.
1: to celebrate your birthday either, yeah, but I don't you celebrate know, my birthday,
0: you know. But this has honestly been one of the best Christmases I think I have ever fucking had. Really, in my life, yeah. Because number one, it's been really low key. Yeah. You know, um, the gifts have been fun. Yes. You know, it's, it's nobody trying to kiss my ass going, hey, look what I got you some elaborate, fucked up oh, gift. Oh, no. And then I feel like you'll a never get dick. that from me. Yeah, because then I feel like an asshole. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck, man. It's like, chill the fuck out with that shit. You know, I'm a kid. I'm 48 going on 10. No, you're 48 going on five. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, and, and seeing, (laughs) like I said,
1: when I got you that alligator hat, I'm like, oh my God, that is so perfect because you had talked to me about the sheep hat that you saw. Oh,
0: the sheep hat was awesome. That little girl, I swear to God, I wanted to abduct her just so I could play with her hat. <laughs> like, screw
1: taking the hat. You wanted her so she could play. Yeah.
0: That was fucking awesome. Yeah.
1: And so when I saw that alligator, I'm like, oh my God, that's perfect because we were doing the other show too.
0: And, <laughs> you
1: know, the alligators and the Florida and all that shit. And of course, I got myself the Sasquatch hat that I can never wear because it's so hot.
0: That's Well, it's cool. It's supposed to snow. But yeah, you know, I, I've said it before. The only difference between me now at 48 and me when I was a child is that now I've got money. That's it, because I was raised poor. Yeah. That's really, that's the only fucking difference. And you've
1: got body hair and no hair on your head.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I I haven't lost any hair. It just all migrated to my chest and my back. It it gets cold, man. It's like, fuck this. Fuck
1: being on, he can put a hat on.
0: (laughs) Wear a hat, motherfucker. We're going, we're going south. Yeah. (laughs) For the winter. (laughs) (laughs) For the winter, that's right, man. We're migrating south for the winter. But my, hack, my my back has, isn't actually that hairy, hairy. It's not like I'm an Italian that looks like I'm wearing no, a bear No, it's coat.
1: not. It's just patchy.
0: It's patchy, yeah. That's yeah. why I have to have uh, the beautiful and lovely Michelle. Who, she doesn't
1: wax your back.
0: She's going to. I'm going to set an appointment with her when I have time.
1: Are you going to have your back waxed? Yeah, I'm going to have her do it. Yeah.
0: Because I love Michelle. And here's another free plug for her. She's uh, an esthetician out at Melva uh house of hair malva malva yeah
1: house of hair in bridgeport
0: in bridgeport mm-hmm. if you you know if, if you live here in the portland metro area i live in vancouver i actually drive down there there's there's estheticians all over yeah i area. live in
1: western washington county and i drive down there
0: yeah it's, it's totally honest to god you, yeah. you you make an appointment with her send us an email And I will send you her contact info so you can send an appointment. You won't find...
1: And tell her we sent you, and she'll love you.
0: Yeah, because she is, honestly, she is just... Outside of the great job that she does, she's an amazing person. Yeah. Fucking love her. She is so funny she is man
1: yeah we were talking about our sons this last time because her son is similar to my son
0: i met her son last time i was, oh, I, was I met
1: him once too yeah, yeah good
0: kid man good, good kid. kid
1: very polite yeah i like him but yeah so yeah she was telling me we were talking about our kids and you know because she has a daughter too her daughter by the way i think is vegan she was telling me about that yeah. and i yeah. looked and i was like has she never tasted bacon Yeah, no shit, huh? (laughs) Well, and then she was telling me about, and this is just a little side note, because Michelle is so, her and I are so similar. We love the same colors. We, you know, we have a lot of similar interests. But um, she and I were talking, and we, um, she loves bacon, too. And she said she used to make a lot of it and keep it in a baggie in her purse. And so they called it purse bacon. And I was like, oh, my God, I'd have loved you growing up. I'd have loved
0: you. See? Another reason why I'm in love with her. She has oh, yeah, love. I'm in love with her.
1: I'm in love with her. I mean, I'm just like, She's I, just, amazing. I adore her. I adore her. She's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome woman.
0: All right. Now we've given free plugs, and I've talked about my Notorious P.I.G. You he's have talked about your Notorious P.I.G. He, he's going to be rocking today's recordings with me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, so we're going to finish our, Oh, little, little thingy was a little loud over there oh yeah no she she's she just didn't have a care in the world no
0: either. she's the best puppy ever uh for those of the, you that know, don't know my my dog's name is angel and uh yeah well, he just got a dog, new but, doggy, and she is a total sweetheart goopy as hell
1: yeah she looks goofy you're so cute i gotta bring ghosts over sometimes so they can play oh
0: she'd love that she, but, loves play, I know, she right? wants to play all the time huh she loves playing
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Ghost loves to play, too. You know that. But anyways, um, I'm going to talk about the rest of John Bodkin Adams. Because remember, he's a doctor who was treating his patients, and they would bequeath him. He, they would list him in his will. Right. He'd be part of their inheritance. Yeah. Right, right. He'd get a small inheritance from them. They called them legacies back then. But... um so now I'm going to talk about two of his patients before I get into um, the case against him. My um, first patient was by the name of Edith Morell. She was a considerably wealthy widow who, on January 24th, 1948, well, 24th is my son's birthday, oh, cool. or June 24th, excuse me, um, had suffered from a stroke. Um, She had the stroke while she was in Cheshire visiting her son, Cheshire. Um, As a result of having the stroke, she became partially paralyzed and had been taken to a hospital somewhere near the area of Chester where she was admitted. Now, records from the hospital indicate that Edith was prescribed morphine injections which was, she was re- to receive for a period of nine days, beginning on the 27th of June. And the prescription was written by a guy by the name of Dr. Turner. Now, one journalist later tried to report that either this regular doctor was Adams. And he arrived at the hospital on June 26th, which is precisely one day before she was given the injections to alleviate her pain. However... um. When the Attorney General was delivering his opening statement at the trial, he said otherwise. He said that um, Edith hadn't hadn't become a patient of Adams until she was transferred back to Eastbourne on July 5th of 1948. So, you know, there was that discrepancy. He also stated at that time that Adams didn't prescribe Edith morphine until July 9th and added a prescription of heroin, which... Back then, they, you know, it was the pure stuff, the opioid like we get today.
0: God, we need some more heroin.
1: Side note, we've yes. never done heroin. Side
0: note, never done heroin, but it sounds pretty fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, we've done morphine.
0: <laughs> we have done a lot of morphine.
1: <laughs> yeah. So at that time, though, people didn't expect it to survive longer than about six months. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. However, she lived for two more years. Damn, go eat it. I know. like my one doggy who had breast cancer, they said, "Uh, Tammy, she's going to die any day now and she lived for another four. You know.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. So she lived an extra two years after her stroke and only added arthritis to her list of ailments during that time.
0: I actually feel bad for her because I've got arthritis in my hands.
1: Oh, my God. I have arthritis. I have degenerative joint disease, so I have it.
0: Everywhere. Did you find that bone?
1: No. Oh, I didn't get yeah. over to the the store yet.
0: That's just round of, you know, <laughs> a paper.
1: random thought. Yeah. No, I, I was going to tell you I didn't get to the store yet.
0: That's fine. I'm going to go over to the store and get that shit.
1: Yeah. Um. So... Let's see here. Where was I? Oh, her medical records show that from July of 1948 through August of 1950, so a little over two years, Edith was being given an injection every night that consisted of both morphine and heroin. That entire time, her condition was stable. She never declined, and you know, after she recovered from her stroke. You can tell it's cold out. My nose is kind of runny. That's the cocaine. (laughs) <laughs> the cocaine I don't, i've never done, I only did it once but after august in nineteen fifty records indicated that her condition began to deteriorate some and the doses of her injection obviously increased um one of the expert witnesses called by the prosecution said that on the higher doses either would have edith would have developed an addiction however the expert called by the defense stated the extra dose was attributed to edith suffering from a second stroke oh shit! and my mom was a nurse for many years which we've talked about and she said that when somebody is in actual pain and they're taking an opioid for pain management they're less likely to become addicted to it it's after the pain is gone, and they right. keep taking it that they become addicted. You know,
0: right? It makes sense. It makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, because it's like you're. It's by then, it's like a, um, it's a high as opposed to a pain management. Right. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. Upon her death, Edith's entire estate was valued at one hundred and fifty-seven thousand pounds. In her will, she bequeathed eight k eight. I don't know what I had there. Um, payments f- oh eight. She bequeathed eight payments to other people for amounts ranging from three hundred to a thousand pounds. One journalist claimed that Edith Edith had made several wills, and in some of them, she had bequeathed Adams with a substantially large amount of money. And her prize, Rolls Royce Silver Ghost. Because remember, he liked Ooh, cars.
0: I want that Rolls Royce Silver I've Ghost from the 40s. One. Oh, my God. Those are amazing. Fucking, that's a pimp car, man.
1: And Well, back in the 40s, they had really pimp cars.
0: I deserve one because I have Notorious P.I.G. And him and I need to be rolling, homie.
1: You need to get one of those Monte Carlos that had the, have the, the hydraulics. Yeah. 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 Boom, boom and have it. Yeah.
0: That's right, and I'm gonna make my own. Run. Like
1: Snoop's car in one of the movies. We'll record again. a song
0: called Notorious Pig, and we'll play it all around town.
1: Oh my God, I'm scared. I don't know what I did. I mean, I unleashed a beast in you. Now, <laughs> um, so, and that vehicle was estimated at approximately fifteen hundred dollars. Now, however, this statement um, from people were was unfounded. In Edith's will that was dated August 5th, the 1950s, the only bequest she had made to Adams was her chest of silver cutlery, which was valued at about 276 pounds. And this, this will and testament gave the doctor a contingent right to the Rolls Royce as well as a Jacobean court cupboard, which I'm assuming is
0: antique That's what I'm assuming. I don't know what the I've never even heard that.
1: Meaning, well, I'm assuming it's an antique piece of furniture. However, this contingent was only to take effect should her her son die before she did, which, according to the judge in Adams' trial, was not likely to happen. You know, and since she died a little bit later, obviously. (laughs) However, on September 13th, 1950, Edith added a codicil to her will that cut Adams out of receiving any portion of her estate entirely. Oh damn. Yeah, she didn't make any more changes to the document before she passed away on November 13th of that year, when she was 81 years old. Adams was the doctor responsible for certifying <laughs> her cause of death, which he listed as stroke, and when he inspected her body, he ensured she was actually dead. And I don't even, I don't know if this was a... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the norm back then? But he slit her wrist to make sure she was dead.
0: That doesn't sound right.
1: I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah, that doesn't. because Okay, so uh, only because I read bizarre shit. Yeah. There's like breeds of animal that can cause a fake death. One of them being the boomslang snake. They bite you. It slows your heart rate down so much that you won't even get a pulse.
1: Well, and there are some people that can actually do that, period.
0: Right. Controlling your breathing yeah. and shit like that. So there's been people that have, they died, but on the autopsy table, you know, where they cracked right, their chest right, right. with the cardial shears.
1: Well, and then, you know, the, uh, the term for the, whom the bell tolls actually came about because they would bury people who weren't quite dead yet. Yes. And so they'd have a string running to their yep. casket that they could ring, and
0: the Get me the fuck out of yeah. here! I was, I was napping. On?
1: I know. That's all I was doing was taking a fucking nap. Yeah, What's could wrong you with imagine? You? That would suck. Yeah, because I've heard of people who have a form of narcolepsy who have like they people thought were dead.
0: If my son did that to me, I would forever for the rest of my life name call him asshole. I be okay I mean did you, did you she already do you do no. <laughs> I'd be like, this is the squatch over here. This is our tech guy, his name's John. Oh, who's that? That's my son. His name is asshole
1: used to be called intern, but now he's asshole. now,
0: he's asshole, why? Because he fucking buried me, and I was alive.
1: yeah no, there's a group of, there's a couple uh two guys that I want to do from early Ireland that will that'll come in to play there
0: with the bunny lasses.
1: yeah. But even though she had filed a codicil to the contrary, Edith's son actually chose to give Adams her 19-year-old Rolls Royce as well. Anyways. That's a nice and thing to do. And the what silver cutlery kid. chest. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's that's really nice of him. Yeah. A, I'm pretty sure he's probably not still alive. But if you are, and you aren't, dude, that, that's really, dude, that's, that's pretty pimp.
1: Yeah. Well, and then Adams, of course, because you know him and I, you and I talked about how he, um, if he wasn't bequeathed something, he would always try to take something from the house. Oh yes. Well, he stole an infrared lamp that Edith had purchased herself, which was valued at about sixty pounds. So sixty.
0: The you know. f- I didn't even think they had infrared back then. But
1: yeah, I didn't either. But re- oh yeah, they did because they had those like heat lamps or whatever they used to. Oh, okay. Yeah. So.
0: It's still a totally dick move.
1: Yeah. In regards to billing, though, Adams submitted a bill to Edith's estate stating that he had visited her 1,100 times and the total amount owed was approximately 1,674 pounds. However, during their investigation, the authorities estimated that his total number of visits was actually only around 321 times. What an asshole. And Edith's cremation form, Adams claimed, as far as I am aware, I have no Pecuniary interest in the death, and this statement alone avoided the need for an autopsy to be performed. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, what a dick, huh?
0: And one it yeah. It's, here, here you have this lady's son. Going, I know. Hey, in good faith, take the rolls, take the cutlery. My mom said no, but you know what? Take it. It's 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 cool, man.
1: Well, and back then you don't. I don't think that the 19 year old car they thought was very valuable, but nowadays that Rolls Royce would have been pimp.
0: Dude, that car in that year today would be worth millions.
1: Millions. Yeah, especially if you kept it up.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, man.
1: Okay. So then there was Gertrude Hullett. Now we talked a bit about her last time. Um, she was 50 years old when she died on July 23rd, 1956. Her husband had passed away four months prior to that, and she is obviously depressed ever since then. Mm-hmm. For her depression, she had been prescribed sodium barbitone, or menol, which was the first barbiturate ever made commercially available, mm-hmm. by the way. Oh, you knew that? I actually knew that. Whatever.
0: I read it. Uh...
1: I'm tired of you being thinking you're smarter than me. Oh,
0: I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dumb as shit. I can't remember where I read that, but I uh, read, read something about that a few years ago.
1: Yeah. Well, anyways, she had also been prescribed sodium phenobarbital or phenobarbital, you know, which was a medication often used to treat epilepsy back then. Um, There were many occasions when she had visited Adams that she expressed her desire to commit suicide. The coroner (laughs) later questioned Adams about her death. And in response to the questions, Adams claimed he had given Gertrude two tablets of barbiturate every morning. Each dose was for 7.5 grains in each tablet, which is a normal dosage. He later decreased the amount to six grains per tablet, then another decrease to five grains. Okay? Get
0: gradual step down. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, when Adams was pressed farther, he stated that he did not make sure Gertrude had taken both of the tablets he gave her every day. So she could have been stockpiling them.
0: Could have been, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, okay, in his defense... You've got other patients. Yes. This is an adult woman. Yes. You can't babysit everybody every minute True. of the day. Go, and Did she's you take of it? sound
1: mind, right. except like, for the depression.
0: Open your mouth. Did you swallow them? Let me see behind you. You can't do that shit. There's like they're enough... in jail. <laughs> yeah, like they're in fucking jail. These are free people, man. Mm-hmm. Freedom of choice, motherfuckers.
1: I remember when I had my wisdom teeth pulled, I was in jail, and they actually had to crush my narcotics.
0: Why? Oh, so you didn't think to you pinch make hold sure them. I took them. You know. Makes sense, yeah. But <laughs> that's gross. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I don't like the taste of medicine at all. Um, however, Gertrude's husband prior, you know, before he died, uh, promised to buy Adams an MG, which is a British sports car. I bet you knew that, too.
0: Yeah. The MG Midget uh, is, is one of their models. It's a small sports car.
1: Well, I would assume so with that name.
0: Yeah, with the midget.
1: Yeah, self-explanatory there, Scott.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, just think of my ex-wife. So <laughs> I
1: never met her, so there you go.
0: You ain't missing nothing. Only half a person.
1: I'd like to meet her so that I can watch her bite your ankles.
0: No, man, she probably has rabies.
1: I would laugh my ass off. <laughs> she came in here, just flew off the handle at you. That would be
0: hilarious. And I'm not making you any more chocolate or any more cookies like the Keebler Elves, you bastard.
1: <laughs> and i
0: cry. I'd be like, that means I might be skinny someday. That's right. Then she starts gnawing on my ankles like a fucking chihuahua on crack.
1: <laughs> I've <laughs> seen chihuahuas latch hold of people's pants. It's funny.
0: Dang right, man. That's like a midget. Just saying.
1: Yeah. So, it's my midget. Um, to make good on that promise after her husband passed away, Gertrude wrote Adams a check for a 1,000 pounds on July 17th. Now, he quickly went down to the bank the next day to deposit the money into his account. And the bank teller told him it would take a couple days for that money to post to his account. You know, like That's normal, yeah. Yeah. That
0: that even happens to this day. Yeah.
1: But it should be available on the 21st. (coughs) He wasn't satisfied with that. He asked for a, quote, special clearance. So it would post within 24 hours on the 19th. Um, it's believed that Gertrude took an overdose of medication on July 19th because on the 20th, she was found to be in a coma.
0: Move the mic down just a little bit so it hits your chinny chin chin.
1: Thank you. Better? Since Adam was not available right away, another doctor, Dr. Harris, looked after her until later that day when, um, Adams finally arrived. When Dr. Harris and Adams discussed her case, Adams never brought up Gertrude's depression or the fact that he had prescribed the barbiturates. Yeah, which is kind of odd.
0: Yeah, I'm intrigued by this, why he wouldn't bring that up, because that's pertinent. Mm -hmm. That's very pertinent information.
1: And the two doctors actually came to the conclusion that she had more than likely had a cerebral hemorrhage. On July 21st, a pathologist by the name of Dr. Shara was asked to take a sample of Gertrude's spinal fluid to be tested, you know, because she hasn't died dead yet. Okay. He also asked if he should examine the contents of her stomach to determine if she had narcotics poisoning. And um, in response to that request, both Adams and Harris said no. Okay. So um, once Dr. Sherr left, Adams went to the Princess Alice Hospital located in Eastburn and asked a colleague how to treat barbiturate poisoning. The other doctor told Adams to give the patient 10 CC doses of megamide which is a central nervous system stimulant? Oh okay. I, yeah, every 5 minutes.
0: We said Vegemite, I thought of uh,
1: Megamide.
0: Oh, Megamide. I was thinking of uh, uh, the Lucille ball, the I love Lucile so we're We divide
1: a vegemin.
0: That was it. Yeah. I that, Yeah,
1: meat meat vitamins and veggies. Meat of yeah, a vegemin.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. It yeah, and how she head. got
1: drunk off her ass. Well, and then Vegemite is a popular yeast product in Australia, right. Right, which right. I've had before, and it's not bad. You have to have it yeah. on buttered toast in just a very thin layer. Otherwise, it's really salty and nasty.
0: Ew. It's Brody. good, though. Yeah, it doesn't even sound good to me.
1: Yeah, it's delicious. Mm, I loved it. My son and I both like it.
0: But I'm picky, so there you go.
1: You're not a picky eater.
0: I am. I don't eat like low grade food and shit. It's not low grade.
1: It's a delicacy.
0: Sounds. You know what? Fucking eating spiders is a delicacy in some Cambodia. Yeah, that's what it was. Cambodia. You don't see me with a bowl of live spiders, fucking eating them with chopsticks, or eating them, fucking at all. Yeah, they fry them. The 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 and eat them like potato chips. You no. Yeah. No. No. No.
1: Yeah, and you yeah. don't eat cantaloupe with country gravy just because or pancakes it says, with maple syrup and
0: pepper. No, because that's disgusting. Just because it has, it's a delicacy involved in what they say it is, doesn't so much mean it is.
1: See, but you should always try the local delicacies.
0: I tried local women. That is as delicacy as I get.
1: <laughs> I was just disgusted on a lot of levels
0: right there. Hey, man, some taste good. Some are horrible. Some you have to use Lysol on. Anyway, come back to your story. <laughs> Some have teeth. You get bit. I got scars on my chin.
1: Shut up. <laughs> he then gave Adams a 100 cc vial to use. Okay. On the instructions, it said the recommended dose was between 100 to 200 cc's and Adams was also advised to give Gertrude an IV drip, which he never did. Um, On at 8.30 a.m. on July 22nd, Adams placed a call to a coroner to schedule a private autopsy. The coroner asked Adams what the deceased's name was, and Adams said, she's
0: not dead yet. Oh, well. There hey, you go. You know what? I admire that. You want to why? Over there? Uh, well, Any what? Kleenex. Yeah. yeah. He's planning ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. So that same day. Don't
0: fault the brother for doing that shit. He's just He's just planning ahead, Thank man. You.
1: My nose, I mean, just keeps on dripping a little. Well, not dripping, but you know. (coughs) Anyways, so at approximately, oh, that same day, Harris stopped over to visit Gertrude again, and Adams still did not tell him about his suspicion that she had barbiturate poisoning. After Harris left, Adams gave Gertrude one 10cc injection. Now, remember, you're supposed to give him every five minutes. Right. Yeah, at approximately 6 a.m. on July 23rd, Gertrude came down with bronchial pneumonia, so Adams ordered her to be put on oxygen, and a little over an hour later at 7.23, she was pronounced dead. On July 24th, after Gertrude's died, Adams received the vol- results of the urine sample that had been taken on the 21st, and they indicated she had around 15, 115 grades of sodium bar, Barrett, barbitone in her system and that is at least twice the amount she needed to have a fatal dose.
0: Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. I guess he was running a little bit low on the mo- on well, money. Well, I think she, hypothetically. Well, speaking.
1: I'm wondering if if he was on the up and up, she stockpiled them. No, and that, committed that suicide. Be. If not, then he really did overdose. Either them.
0: way, it's questionable, you know. Yeah. You gotta sit there and wonder, huh, which which way to go. She did want to commit suicide. So she could have been pigeonholing that shit and going, okay, that's it. Right. I'm done. And her
1: attorney did have the letters that were with her will that said she wanted to die. Huh.
0: Yeah, okay, I can see that.
1: I mean So I'm trying to play both sides of it right now.
0: Because you know, when you really want to die, you'll find a way to do it.
1: Yeah. True. True that. On August 21st, an inquest or a judicial inquiry that's held by a judge, jury, or government official to determine someone's cause of death was ordered in Gertrude's case. At that time, the coroner brought the treatments Adam had given her into question. In the coroner's summary, he stated, quote, It was extraordinary that the doctor, knowing the past history of the patient, did not want suspect barbiturate poisoning. I'm not saying he didn't suspect it, he just didn't mention it.
0: Yeah, that, that's okay? that's There's a difference. That's why it kind of it's a little suspicious to me.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So when he brought up the 10 cc dose of memormine that Adams had administered, he said that was merely a gesture. Because it was only one 10 cc dose. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the end, Gertrude's death was ruled a suicide. However, since the police investigation was still going on, the inquest never should have been concluded. They should have waited for the investigation to be complete before they gave their final opinion. The thing is, is the coroner who was participating in the inquest asked Hannum, the detective, um... If he wanted him, them to close it out, in response, Hannum said that he didn't have an application to make regarding the case. So to go ahead, after the inquest was concluded, uh, the hundred-pound check Gertrude had written to Adams was never seen again. You know, it didn't make it to his account. Nobody oh. ever mentioned it again.
0: Just, just vanished.
1: It just v- up and bamboozed. Look at you.
0: I'm trying to get to my mic while I have my dog wanting to snuggle with me and be all cute.
1: I know. I'm surprised she's not up in your lap.
0: Thank God she isn't.
1: In her final will and testament, Gertrude actually bequeathed, you'll love this one, because the last one gave him a silver ghost, remember? Mm -hmm. She bequeathed him her Rolls Royce Silver Dawn.
0: Jesus Christ, he's like a, he's going to be a Rolls Royce aficionado.
1: Yeah, which was valued about twenty nine hundred pounds. That document had been drawn up only five days before she overdosed, and six days before Adams was arrested, he sold the car to someone else.
0: See, that's why I think this is all suspicious because you didn't mention it that you know that she could possibly have barbiturate uh, poisoning. You know, you kind of keeping that on the down low.
1: Yeah, he didn't mention it at all. It just, a, but, but he yeah. did go and ask how to treat it. Just didn't and, say that he suspected she had it.
0: And calling ahead to the corner, saying... Yeah, that kind of was a little That's, suspicious um, to me. I'm just saying... That's a little hokey. If, if you're hungry and you say, I want a burger, and then, let's say Killer Burger, which is one of my favorite places here, Love shows up Killer at your burger. door... It's a safe assumption that you ordered Killer Burger. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah. Or somebody subliminally just said it to you. But yeah, normally. Yeah,
0: I'm fairly sure he didn't have a crystal ball. And he was sitting there going, oh, great crystal ball. What will happen to this patient? And I said, bitch is going to die. You need to call fucking now. Remember the magic eight balls? yes he may have had one of those hey will this bitch yeah. die
1: they oh. had one at the car dealer when i went there Odds are last good she's gonna die with my son and i said is my son an ass and i shook it and it said the odds are good and my son goes whatever mom
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah magic eight ball never lies motherfuckers <laughs> that's right sorry bullfrog
1: that's right so um now the we go through the case selection process prior to the trial, inspector Hewitt said that both he and Hannum were shocked about Manningham Bowler's decisions. Manningham Bowler's the prosecutor, the attorney general, they couldn't believe he was going forward charging Adams for the death of Edith. Um, especially since her remains were cremated, that meant that there wouldn't be any evidence for the jury to be presented with However, his sentiment was not made public until both and Manningham, Buller had died. So he didn't come forward with his... um, See,
0: this is why I have a problem with anything we do in the 40s because nobody actually comes forward to say... They'll the, the all say it after the fact, like 20 years when it's too late, right? You're yeah. Like, oh, I know that that he did this, and I suspected it all along. Well, yeah,
1: and it was six years after she was dead that they're bringing him up on murder charges. Yeah, it's fucking and stupid. And they don't really exhume bodies back then.
0: Right. I, just, I don't understand why more people back then, because morality was different. People had better morals, I think. Oh yeah, they now, way
1: better than they do now.
0: Then you know that at least some people would come forward and say, "Hey, look, man, this shit looks really fucking hokey." Yeah. So let's investigate this. Let's let's take Doctor Adams out of the equation. Yes. And let's examine this body to see what's really going on. Right. But nobody did. It's like fucking six years later, 10 years, 20, 50 years. Oh, we all knew that this was going right. on. Fuck you. Well,
1: and they do exhume bodies. They did exhume bodies back then, but it wasn't a common practice, especially in Great Britain.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, because remember
1: in, in England itself, they didn't exhume bodies until shipment.
0: Right. Right. You right. know? Thank you, Shipman, because now you're the reason why they fucking consume bodies.
1: Kind of a lot of it's questionable. You're the reason why Colin Norris got in trouble. (laughs) Uh
0: So, yeah, good job, buddy.
1: Yeah. So the whole case selection process gives one an idea about the misunderstanding regarding the um, principle of corpus delicti, D-E-L-I-C-T-I. Delicti. Oh, okay.
0: I think that's how it's pronounced, as delicti.
1: Okay, well, I thought Delecti was with an E, but never mind.
0: I I could be wrong, but I thought it was with an i. Yeah,
1: that's the principle that one must prove a crime has occurred before an individual can even be convicted of the crime, right? Sounds about right. Yeah,
0: sounds, sounds legit.
1: Yeah. So he felt that the most compelling proof they had against Adams was the trace amounts of drugs present in the remains of possibly exhumed patients. Okay. So with her being cremated... They didn't have that option. Um, this was, this belief was later disputed by Judge Devlin. Since the autops- autopsies performed on the exhumed remains that they were able to exhume didn't turn up anything of interest anyway.
0: They could find out and let me tell you how. She's been cremated, right? Okay. So you take a little bit of those ashes, you put it on a mirror, you take a razor blade, you make a line out of it. You, you snort it, and if you wait, get higher than giraffe pussy, guess what?
1: She's got, look, Does somebody... a
0: little. Exactly. <laughs> little tap, 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 and you're like, hmm, yeah. Hey, dude. I can
1: imitate a bong, too, so. <laughs> oh, me too. Believe me, I've had
0: enough bongs, hypothetically speaking, because, yeah. you know, the marijuana's. But want uh, fuck But it's yeah. legal now, so. Yeah, I just, thank God. I'm, I'm waiting for it to become federally legal. That's what we need. It would be a great day.
1: Wouldn't it be a great day if pot became federally legal?
0: Then I could hypothetically smoke it daily without worrying about a drug test. And keep them particulate True levels. That. Low. That's hypothetical. If I were to, you know, sample the marijuanas every once in a while. The
1: Mary Jane? Yeah. If you were to have that last dance with Mary Jane.
0: <laughs>
1: Anyways, um... Let's see here. Um, The pathologist in charge of the postmortem stated that the drug levels he discovered weren't at all significant anyways. So, you know, Judge Devlin didn't feel that any of the cases the prosecution had against Adams were nearly as strong as Edith's case. Even though her death was over six years before the charges were filed against Adams, Judge Devlin said that in the entire investigation that covered 10 years' worth of patients... The authorities were not able to discover a case um, as strong as hers. Now, in 1957, the process of trying a case was as follows. The police were responsible for investigating all crimes reported. Then, if they determined a crime had indeed been committed, they were to arrest the suspect in question. After that, the case was turned over to the Director of Public Prosecutions, or the DA, so that they could go over the police reports and determine if the case should even be
0: prosecuted. Okay, fair enough.
1: Yeah, which is similar to what it is now.
0: That's what we do here.
1: Yeah. In the event the case is deemed very serious, the reports are handed over to the Attorney General's office and they decide if the case is worthy of prosecution and what the charges will be. What charges to prosecute solely depends on certain legal issues according to Judge Devlin, in order for the case against Adams to be successful, the prosecution would have to show proof of the following. They had to prove the death in question was in fact due to unnatural causes. Um, Adam, They had to prove that Adams' act, in this case, the injections he administered, was actually capable of being considered murderous. And they had to prove by administering the injections, Adam did so with the intent to cause the death of his patients. Now, Manningham Buller felt he had the evidence needed to warrant a conviction. He thought all he had to present to the courts were the large amounts of opiates Adam had prescribed. Um, Adams admitted um, that he had administered most, if not all, of the opiates himself. And the medical examiner's testimony claimed the only reason Adams had for administering such high doses over such a short time was to kill the patient. Okay? Okay. Now, Hannum felt that the deaths of the four cases mentioned earlier, Edith, Mr. and Mrs. Hullett Clara Neal Miller, and Julia bradnam were worthy of prosecution. However, the deaths of Mr. Hullett, Clara, and Julia could not rule out natural causes. Um, Mr. Hullett's death, cause of death was the result of a heart attack. Um, upon exhumation, a pathologist, pathologists determined Clara's cause of death was the result of pneumonia and when Julia's remains were exhumed, they were in no condition for the pathologists to determine any cause of death.
0: Yeah, because of degradation.
1: Yeah. Therefore, there wasn't anything in those cases that could prove malicious intent. Thank you. Now, on January 14, 1957, seven Adams had a committal hearing, which is similar to a preliminary hearing.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Um, a, in accordance with the laws in 1957, then Adam was only charged with Edith's murder. However, the prosecution was alleging that Adams had murdered Mr. and Mrs. Hullett in the same way. And they submitted evidence on these two murders, proving a pattern, which they wanted to use in Edith's trial. Um, even though Adam's defense team objected to this evidence being submitted, the judges hang on, I gotta I gotta turn my ringer off. I just realized it was still on. Um uh the judge ruled that they were they could be admitted anyways. Um now crap, I just dropped a battery. Oh well. I'm just having a heck of a time right now. Um, when the defense attorney cross-examined the medical expert called by the prosecution, he admitted that Mr. Hullett's cause of death was the result of a heart attack. So the committal hearing lasted for 10 days and ended on January 24th. After deliberating for only five minutes, the determination was made to go ahead and try Adams for the death of Edith. Now, Melford Stevenson was the lead prosecutor on the case In his arguments, he claimed that by Adams requesting the bank make a special clearance on the check Gertrude had written two days before she died, demonstrating that Adams knew she was going to die soon. Therefore, Stevenson was using her wealth and presumed death as proof proof of the similarities Gertrude's death had with Edith and Mr. Hollick. Even though he didn't submit evidence to support it, he also implied that Adams was involved in administering the drugs that caused Gertrude's death and that she didn't administer them herself. In the end, Judge Devlin took law enforcement's case regarding the similarities um, into con- similarities between Edith and Gertrude's death into consideration. However, he didn't think the patterns were Uh, they were not well-founded since the similarities weren't distinctive enough. He said that if the inspectors had found two similar cases, more recent to the death of Gertrude, um, then they might have had another case. Had another patient of Adams died as a result of an overdose of medication he had prescribed, then they might have been able to prove a pattern existed. Um... However, the authorities in all their investigation did not find any such cases. Um, the, exhibit prosecute, the exhibit prosecutors wanted to submit that supported Stevenson's claims about Adams targeting Gertrude's we- wealth was the check for a 1,000 pounds. It had gone missing after the committal hearing and the missing evidence ca- caused an investigation to be conducted against the police force um even though they continued to they couldn't determine who had misplaced the evidence, Scotland Yard has long held suspicion. It was um actually the Eastbourne Deputy Chief Constable Constable Seekings who was responsible, especially since he was the um constable who was um it was implied that he and Adams and this other guy, Gwynn, were responsible for looking after Gwen's, uh They had a um, love affair, and because he took vacations with Adams and Gwynn. Now he was even re- this. Uh, Seeking's was even responsible for looking after Gwynn's finances when he was hospitalized in nineteen in January nineteen fifty seven. Um. At the conclusion of the committal hearing, Mullingham. Buller uh, told judge Devlin that he would not proceed with the Edith trial using the evidence regarding Gertrude and her husband. He would, however, use it to obtain a second indictment in regards to Gertrude's death. And he did indict Adams on that charge on March 5th, 1957. If he were to proceed with that case, then another committal hearing had to be held um Adam's trial for the murder oh wait oh yeah Adam's trial for the murder of Edith was scheduled to begin on March 18, 1957 and was to be held at the old Bailey um which if you'll remember correctly that's where um Amelia Dyer's trial was held um, the case relating to the death of Gertrude was being held back for the time being so that it might be prosecuted at a separate trial. Three days after uh, Adam's trial began for the murder of or the death of Edith, um, the 1957 Homicide Act was implemented. And this act deemed that a single murder committed with the use of poison was not a capital offense. And since Adams had been indicted on both murder charges, the act went into effect. If he were convicted, he would still be faced with the death penalty. In the event Adams was convicted of a second murder, it was less likely the home secretary would be inclined to grant him clemency. Okay. So that's why they were charging him separate. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Sentencing the doctor to life in prison for a double murder would be politically difficult, especially since under the new 1957 Homicide Act, a double murder was considered a capital offense. Judge Devlin figured Mullingham M- Buller's decision for two indictments was his way of making Adams' death sentence more likely should he be convicted of
0: two murders.
1: Um, so it was a political agenda there, which we see is, a lot it Yeah, and
0: it happens all the time.
1: Yeah, you you always know the high profile cases are gonna be tried in election years.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, every fucking time.
1: And then every once in a while, those cases turn out to be shit shows, like OJ Simpson.
0: Oh yeah, no, totally.
1: <laughs> and Robert Blake.
0: Yeah, you know, and it, it's it, it all comes down to even entertainment. Even
1: the Menendez brothers were tried during an election year.
0: Uh huh. So. Yeah, it's basically fucking entertainment, is what the fuck it is. Nobody cares if he goes to prison or not.
1: No, it's all political. Yeah,
0: that's who wants to get elected. You know more.
1: Yeah. Let precisely. me show you how
0: much I'm worth. You electing me again? Yeah, I can convict. Well, no, you couldn't. <laughs> it's like no. <nah. laughs> nice try, big guy. But unfortunately, a lot of idiots fall for it. Look how mm-hmm. good he is. He caught the bad guy and sent him for the death penalty. Really great guy. No, he didn't give a shit until it was time for him to be elected again.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. No, maybe it wasn't Kitsopper who was in. I think it was that female, not the one we have now. Are you going back again? Dork. Scott's having bowel issues. I got to tell people because I sound like an idiot talking to myself. They don't need to hear you. No, it's fine. So, because none of this is funny, so your dad's not going to, you know interject his jokes. (laughs) Adams' first trial was for Edith's murder, and the trial for Gertrude's murder was going to follow. Now, this trial lasted for approximately 17 days, which made it, at the time, the longest murder trial in Britain up to that point. Now, um, Judge Sir Patrick Devlin was the presiding justice, and he summarized the somewhat Peculiar nature of the case as follows. It is a most curious situation, perhaps unique in these courts, that the matter of murder has to be proved by expert evidence, which nowadays we expect it to be proved by expert evidence. Yeah. hanum was surprised by Manningham Buller's decision to prosecute Adams for Edith's murder first, especially since she had been 81 years old when she died. He expected them to, um, go ahead with Gertrude's murder first. But there you have it. Especially since Gertrude was only 50 years old when she died. She didn't have any somatic or bodily illness, and her remains had not been cremated. And they were able to determine that there was twice the lethal dose of barbiturates in her system. So he felt, um Hannum felt that was a stronger case against Adams. But, you know, Manningham Buller... Did it his way, he was being bullheaded, I guess um but what'd you say buller headed there you go, during the trial, the prosecution was relying on three main things: the first was the amount of opioids Adam had prescribed Edith, the second was Adam's admission that he had administered the doses himself, and the third thing was statements obtained from Edith's nurses back in August and November, 1956. Now Edith's nurses, nurse Stronach and nurse Randall issued statements that implied Adams had increased the frequency in which the medications were administered, as well as the amount of opiates contained in each dose. You all right there, big guy. Maybe not. (laughs) This was done the entire time they had been caring for the patient. Now, They also claimed that Adams had administered the injections from drugs he had gotten out of his own medical bag. Drugs he had prepared himself, as opposed to having the nurses prepare them. And they also said that they had no idea what the medications was in each injection. Um, During the trial, when the nurses... Hold on, how
0: the hell do you not know... The, the, the medications. They, the nurses
1: said they didn't know.
0: Oh, I thought you said he did. I'm sitting there going, no. you prepared him. How do you not know what the fuck no. is in him? Are you just like a No, grab the nurses
1: claim they didn't know. You're like, However, fuck it. Let's just
0: mix a bunch of stuff in here. It might be <laughs> soda a, water. It's Could a be roll of the one. dice.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> Look,
0: it's a grab bag like of fucking drugs. A, like
1: that one headline we had in the Scotty and Squash show where he was administering the dose. He was pulling the injections out of a soda bottle.
0: Oh, yeah, that was the Botox guy. No,
1: that was this guy down in Mexico.
0: Oh, the Mex- that's right, the Mexico guy. I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> the one that said his magic elixir cured everything?
0: I was thinking of the fucking Four loco. You're
1: thinking of the Four loco Botox guy. That guy
0: yeah. was awesome. Yeah, no. Give us a call, fucking Botox dude in Florida. That <laughs> was great.
1: We'll buy you a, a Bud Light. <laughs> that's
0: right. Pure man of genius. That,
1: and I'm sure he had barefoot champagne. <laughs> which we've tried for local. That shit will fuck you up.
0: And it's nasty, too.
1: It is nasty, but it'll fuck
0: you up. That, what, that was interesting when we did that for local d- 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 on adorable. the show.
1: Um, <clears throat> however, during the trial, when the nurses were questioned by Manningham Bullard, they repeated the same thing that was in their um, police statements. Under cross-examination, oh, wow, it's really raining. The defense attorney was That's able— to the
0: washer. To... Oh,
1: is it? I thought it was rain.
0: It's just loud.
1: The defense attorney was able to force a different account from them. They admitted that they, as well as two other nurses, were the ones who generally prepare the injections.
0: Generally, until he did his little grab bag of, I don't know what well, the no, fuck is
1: in it. Well, no, because at first they said he they, had done it.
0: All the okay. time. Now
1: they're saying no, we did.
0: Oh, okay. Well yeah. fuck it.
1: He even got them to admit that the medications were also administered by them on occasion, as opposed to their statements that he did it most of that Adams oh, had so done that it. That toy totally
0: decredits them, man. Pretty much. Shoots that shit right the fuck down.
1: Yeah, they had records of the few injections that Adams had prepared already, as well as records of the nature of those prepared injections. So they basically lied again when they said they didn't know what was in them. Right. You know. So there was another nurse who offered testimony claiming the medication in each injection was actually vitamins.
0: Vitamin, vitamin. It's
1: vita vitamin. Yeah, that thing. Get it right. I, I've tried it. Worked out seven percent alcohol.
0: It, 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 it worked out great in my head that I could say it, but then by the time it made it from my. It brain worked to my out mouth, great
1: in Lucy's head too.
0: I liked it when she was all tanked and going. Try the meat of bite of bed bed <laughs> It's delicious, it's,
1: yeah. <laughs> as fucking, her mouth is saying. I mean, her face is saying otherwise. She's fucking taking big old swings of it. Yeah, That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Let's see here. There was, oh, anyway, the defense even offered up clear proof that the amounts of opiates in each dose were consistent up until September of 1950. Um, That's when a different doctor initially increased her dosage. So Adams didn't even increase them.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So- So, basically, their
1: case against him killing Edith is falling apart. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Sir Frederick Jeffrey Lawrence, who was the defense team's lead attorney, was briefed by the Medical Defense Union prior to the trial. This briefing was in regards to an additional task of getting the courts to rule whether it was legal to administer medical treatments that could shorten the life of a patient deemed to be terminally ill. So, um, assisted suicide, basically.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Okay, so this trial was actually the first under that un- murder trial Lawrence had ever defended. He was actually a specialist in real estate and divorce cases, a relative stranger to criminal courts. So Aha. there you go. Like Casey Anthony's attorney, who had never done a high profile case, and you know, he started sleeping with his client.
0: What's <laughs> wrong with that?
1: Absolutely nothing, Scott. Apparently. <laughs>
0: Hypothetically, I may have slept with one or two of my clients.
1: Have your attorneys slept with you?
0: I'm. Maybe. I can't say who I have slept with in the legal forum. None of my actual attorneys. But that
1: DA once, I'm not kidding.
0: (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) I had an adventurous life for a long time. What can I say?
1: This is true. No, it's just adventures in his own head.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know.
0: That is true. That's why I don't sleep.
1: I know. That's why I don't sleep. Now, let's see here. Despite his lack of experience in criminal court, um, he was able to convince the jury that the prosecution had not presented evidence proving a murder had been committed at all, nor had they proven Adams had committed such a murder in general, oh shit. Yeah. To emphasize this point, he stated that the main basis of the prosecution's indictment was a testimony of Edith's nurses, which he had showed he had like poked holes in all of their testimony. On day two of the trial, Lawrence submitted notebooks that had been written by the nurses and gave a detailed account of the treatment Adams performed on, performed on Edith. And the prosecution stated they had never seen the notebooks before. The contents of the notebooks were completely different from the verbal statements given by the nurses. Um, The written accounts show that there were smaller amounts of drugs administered to the patients than the prosecution had claimed, and these quantities were based on the prescriptions Adam had actually written out. Um, The two medical experts the prosecution called to testify gave contrary opinions on the stand, so their opinions differed from each other.
0: Um, That makes it even better, man. You can't have a case with that. If everybody's being contradictory to each other and you can't fucking prove the case, why even take it that far? Yeah.
1: Well, and my whole thing is, why would you, as a prosecutor, call two witnesses to the stand that are going to contradict each other?
0: Yeah. That makes no damn sense. If I was that prosecutor, and I'm not, because, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I would have said, you know what? I was wrong. Fuck it. I'm out. (laughs) Tap out. Yeah. I'm done. You know, (laughs) obviously nobody could cooperate. So, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm going to go get myself a beer.
1: You're going to love this name, though. Arthur
0: Douthwaite, or Douthwaite, D-O-U-T-H-W-A-I-T-E. And the Douthwaite Douthwaite champion of the wrestling match is Arthur. (laughs) Instead of the
1: welterweight. Yep. Uh, He began his testimony by saying that a murder had most definitely been committed. However, around the middle of his testimony, he seemed to change his mind in regards to the exact date that this murder probably occurred. The second expert, Michael Ashby, um seemed to be more reticent or unable to readily express his thoughts in general gee
0: okay so i I know what's going on here, and i I don't even think that oh John Adams here is even a killer. They went and found a bunch of alcoholics that were drinking the mita Mita-Vita beat mita beat
1: vita vemin yeah, that stuff well it's to me it just sounds like a hokey redneck trial. It,
0: It sounds like some Keystone Cop shit going on, you know, where they got they got a bunch of retards together. Because I know you love that word.
1: I hate that Uh, word.
0: We used to always call them retard, and it wasn't even derogatory. By the way, no, we 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 always used to
1: do it too. But after having a Down syndrome nephew. And having adults call him that, it really changed yeah, my perspective. People
0: have made it derogatory. The, yeah. I remember growing up, man. You yeah, know, parents look retarded. At you,
1: that was what yeah. we said.
0: Parents look at you, dude, don't mess with him. Why? Because he's retarded. You don't mess with the retarded kids, man. You go, okay, no, you're right. I, I shouldn't maybe mess with retarded oh, kids. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, my son to this day thinks that the R word is a bad word. He will on, say fuck all day long.
0: Well, And on top of that. We used to say that to our friends. Our friends would do something stupid and go, Did you we, know you're fucking retarded, right?"
1: We used to say, "Don't do that. That's so, that's so gay."
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then my best friend's mom, when she was alive, and we went to my friend and I went to Colorado to get my dog, Jethro. Um, and I know she meant happy, but she goes. If you guys stop at a hotel, make sure it's the one with the doors on the inside, not the outside, because two gay women together
0: <laughs> thats is is, awesome
1: is not good. And I looked at Kitty and I go, did your mom just say we were gay? She goes, oh, she means like boisterous, because Kitty and I laugh all the time.
0: One of the best ones that I heard, and then we'll get back on track because oh. we get off track a lot. The tree? The tree <laughs> one, yeah. My, my friend Susan, who lives in Texas, was telling me when she was growing up, they did a trip down to Disneyland in California, Mm -hmm. and her grandfather told her, make sure you don't stand behind a tree. And she goes, why? Because if you stand behind a tree, they'll fag you. (laughs) Yeah. Which
1: that makes no sense.
0: Makes no sense, but I'll tell you what, that's some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) I've told all my gay friends that.
1: Well, you still tell me that.
0: I tell him, yeah, well, hell yeah, man. I use that all the time. I tell my friends, like, well, you know, I think I said that to my buddy Charles, too. I go, hey, I'm not standing behind a tree over here. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to fag me.
1: Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yeah. You're one gay friend?
0: Yeah. No, I have more than one gay friend. So I had to explain that to him, and he was laughing. He's like, that's messed up, man. I said, yeah, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah.
1: Well, my grandpa used to say, don't go to rest stops alone at night, <laughs> because that's where, that's where homosexuals <laughs> kill
0: people. <laughs> <laughs> like. Okay, Oh, no, he's right, man, with their super gay power. Stop. You stop right there. Your shoes are hideous, and boom, you die. (laughs) You're dead. (laughs) Who dresses you? Jesus Christ. Get him. Get him, girls.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the expert witness um, called by the defense was a physician by the name of John Herman. He adamantly testified that the treatment Adams provided may have been unconventional, but was by no means reckless. Um, the defense also threw a wrench into the prosecution's strategy when they didn't call Adams to the stand. Uh, this completely avoided the doctor from, quote, chatting himself to the gallows. Um, it's At the time, the approach was absolutely unexpected and the prosecution was thoroughly shocked. Because, you know, nowadays, hardly anybody goes up and testifies on their own behalf.
0: Yeah, the, the, because
1: the, unless you have a strong case and are un- you know, flustered.
0: Right, because the the, the best thing that you can ever say in your own defense these days is nothing. nothing. Don't say a fucking thing. You just look at your attorney and go...
1: From the time they slap those cuffs on you and read you your rights, say, I invoke them.
0: Yep, don't say a goddamn thing. No, because a
1: lot of times people think, oh, if I just tell them what really happened, then I'll be fine. No, they will twist everything you say.
0: And Everything. the cops trying to get you to do that shit, too. Come on, we can all work this out. The second you said, okay, look, I, was, I, I don't even know this person. I'm over at my friend Debbie's house, you know, and this is what I was doing. So your friend Debbie's involved in this. And pretty soon you're like, I'm going to sort this out. No, you're not. You're going to do 20 years. That's what the fuck you're going to do. Yeah. You're not sorting out shit. And you're
1: getting five other people indicted.
0: Yeah, and everybody else is going to go with you. First thing you say is, I invoke my rights, and I want to make a call to my attorney. If you have an attorney, if not, then you fucking get one.
1: Yeah, Exactly. So, um, let's see. It, was co- it also caused, caused quite a commotion with the press and surprised Judge Devlin himself. Judge Devlin later commented, this strategy by the defense was decided upon because they must have had an idea that not having Ed- Adams testify would elicit jury prejudice. However, the, re- the risk of Adams not sticking to the point would benefit the prosecution, so, they also knew that anything Adams said under oath in his trial, would, um, should he be convicted, could be used in the prosecution's case in Gertrude's right. trial. Because they could do that back then. Um, the end of Lawrence's closing argument appealed to the jury finding Adams innocent and emphasized the faulty strategy of the prosecution. And he said, trying to ease the last hours of the dying is a doctor's duty and it had been twisted and turned into an accusation for murder around the time the prosecution and the defense attorney were giving their closing arguments. Judge Devlin actually received a call from the Lord chief justice, a guy by the name of Lord Goddard. Now Goddard told Devlin, if Adams is acquitted of this murder, he recommended that Devlin consider releasing Adams on bail.
0: Um, Hold on. If he, if he gets acquitted of the murder, he's not guilty. Why would he even need bail? Because
1: they're, they had the Gertrude's trial pending. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. No, yeah. I'm back, I'm back on track. I, now.
1: I, that was actually the last part of my sentence before oh, you Oh, I'm sorry. So I, I
0: guess the, the, the point here, boys and girls, is don't do drugs.
1: Or shut the fuck up, Scott, and let Tammy speak.
0: Okay. I can do that. Okay. However, Notorious Pig says different. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Huh? So, however, Devlin was shocked by this request, given that in British legal history up to that point, nobody who was accused of committing murder had been granted bail. They're not even granted bail here, unless it's like a lesser manslaughter charge.
0: Uh, they trust me on that one. I'm trying to think of my fucking Thursday episode because I think he, he got he got bail over something.
1: Here in in the U.S.?
0: In the U.S., yeah. I just can't remember. We'll get to Thursdays because I'd I'd have to read it to fucking. He got bailed. I'm not sure if it was for the murder charge or not. Oh.
1: However, after further consideration, he began to entertain that notion. He felt the decision to grant bail would show the strong judicial displeasure with Manningham Buller. A uh, decision to proceed with a second murder trial. Since Goddard was the Lord Chief Justice, he was ultimately responsible for the conduct of every court in England and Wales. As such, he was perfectly in his right to give his opinion regarding this case to Judge Devlin. Because some people have brought up that he was out of bounds.
0: Can I make a joke? Go ahead. Guy walks into a bar. hears two women talking. Notices that they're from England, the UK. He goes, well, how are you two? In, how are you two ladies doing? You must be from London. They go, no, Wales. He goes, okay, fine. How are you two Wales doing?
1: That was sad. <laughs> so
0: so sad. I love that one. I read that.
1: That's where I got big paws Uh, because I'm a polar bear.
0: Because I'm a polar bear.
1: (laughs) And the way you do the jazz hands when you do it, I'm a polar bear. Just like, yeah, no.
0: I actually got that joke from one of my former bass players, Terry, the the transgender. Oh, really? Yeah, she told me that one, and I fucking died. And I heard that from her, it must be eight years ago or so, and I still laugh about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. The jury broke for deliberation on April 9th, um, 1957, and they returned to the courts with their decision. After only 44 minutes, they ruled Adams not guilty.
0: Run. Run while you can, Adams.
1: Yeah. So in the early stages of the investigation, Hannum thought that Adams' modus operandi was as follows. He would get his victims addicted to narcotics, and once they were addicted, he would convince them to alter th- their last will and testament so that it favored him. After those two steps were complete, he would inject them with a lethal dose of opioids. With that in mind, Hanum focused his attention on the patient cases in which Adams was listed as a beneficiary. The patients had given him a gift or he had stolen items from the patients after they died. This focus was even aimed toward the cases where the medical evidence of murder would prove Doubtful. At that time, Hannum told a reporter that he was sure Adam was actually a serial killer and that he had killed approximately 14 people. From August to October 1956, Hannah went out and gathered a bunch of statements from potential witnesses. Most of the statements he acquired were from relatives of Adams' patients. They claimed that Adams had heavily drugged their loved ones, and he had injected them with an unknown medication, and their loved one had either become unresponsive or gone into a coma. After Hannah presented his case to his chief superintendent, the man was inclined to dismiss the case at first. He felt it was speculative at best c- because it was solely based on rumors and they could not be proven.
0: Right. I actually I, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. And I then say leave
0: this leave this brother alone, man. Right. He's got two Rolls Royce is going on.
1: Right. Exactly. See,
0: John, I got your back. Kick me down with one of those rolls.
1: Um, let's see here. Um, the authorities focused their attention on the deaths that occurred after 1946 and were only uh, able to obtain statements under oath regarding four. um, in regards to the other cases, Hannum had only obtained verbal statements from potential witnesses. However, Judge Devlin said that he doubted Hannum had the ability to get a statement that could be used as evidence in the trial without revising it to suit his needs. Ah, Yeah. So after, Hannah, or after Adams was acquitted, he submitted his resignation from the National Health Service. And on January 26, 1957, he was convicted on eight lesser charges, which included forging prescriptions, uh, four counts of making false statements on cremation forms, and three counts in regards to allegations of offenses pertaining to the Dangerous Drug Acts Which was when he didn't keep the register.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. But I don't even think they should have nailed him on that because at the time, most doctors didn't keep a register. It
1: was was brought up that a lot of doctors never did. Yeah.
0: I think that they're just giving this dude some shit. Like, seriously. Back the fuck off of John Adams, dude. Back off.
1: Yeah. So on September 4th, Adams' license allowing him to prescribe dangerous drugs was officially revoked. Then on November 27th, he's removed from the medical register by the General Medical Council. Even after that, most of his loyal patients continued to go to him for treatment. However, he only prescribed them over-the-counter medications if they were needed. So he wasn't even trying to go get black market meds.
0: Yeah, I think I am an innocent man. Yes, he is. He is. Oh, I can't. even yeah. yes, I cannot I do the Billy Joel high voice. An innocent man. That's what he is. They're giving him a yeah. bunch of shit. That's fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I think he did off some people. Okay, I'm gonna give it that. Oh yeah, I think he did too. But you know, convict him on shit that he actually did. Yeah, Don't pull up some bullshit like, well, you're not keeping the register for drugs. You know what, assholes? Nobody else did either. Yeah. Why Prosecute the fuck you everybody. On? Yeah. Go get them all. Yeah, Don't be a fucking dick. Yeah.
1: So as soon as the trial was over, uh, the chief crime reporter working for the Daily Express newspaper, a guy by the name of Percy Hoskins, took Adams to a safe house. This safe house was located in Westgate-on-Sea. Could you imagine? It's called westgate hyphen On hyphen C, S-E-A. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's stupid. You should just call it on the C.
1: That's what I was thinking too. For the next two weeks, Adams told Hoskins his entire life story. The two men had become friends during Adams' trial because Hoskins was the only major newspaper reporter that had written his articles on the presumption Adams was
0: innocent. Then he said, can you rub this oil on my back? Oh, just like that. Well,
1: yeah, because it was believed that Adams was a homosexual. Yes. There you go. So, despite the public. Crack. Shut up. (laughs) Despite the belief, I can't even go on, that Adams was a murderer, he returned to Eastbourne and continued to practice medicine privately. He was able to do this because his friends and loyal patients did not hold the public sentiment. The only exception to this was Sir Roland Gwynne, who publicly distanced himself. On November 26, 1961, after two failed attempts, Adam was finally reinstated on the medical res- register as a general practitioner. And the following July, he was allowed to prescribe dangerous medications once more.
0: Because now it's it's past the fucking election time. That's yeah. why. You know, okay, here's the thing. I think, I, I do believe that this dude probably did some nefarious shit, okay? Mm-hmm. But I don't... I don't think that he was doing all what they said he was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they, they found out that there might or might not be some weird shit going on. Maybe, kind of, maybe shit. Well, I think
1: Hannum had it in his, under his craw that this guy had committed murder, so he's going to do what he could to prove it. Yeah, or it's, even it's if he had to fabricate evidence.
0: Yeah, and, and and it's election time, so hey, mm-hmm. let's make John uh, Bodkin's Adam's our uh, example, yeah. yeah. our example, our little scapegoat, and we'll just, we'll utilize him. It's fucked up, man. What if yeah. this guy was actually, because we don't know him in person, what if this guy was actually a decent guy? Maybe, maybe he just fucked up here and there, okay? Maybe. Yeah, but every doctor makes mistakes. With the exception of stealing shit. Now, I'm yeah. a, you know he did that. Which yeah. isn't right. That's a, that's a total dick move.
1: Yeah. Well, but... and then remember Patois? He had a propensity for stealing shit too. Yes. His own brother patted him down before he left the house. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's so, hold on, asshole. Pat, yeah, pat pat, pat 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 Why do you have my baby's rattle in your pants? <laughs> she can't ever put that in her mouth again. Why? It smells like dick. That's why. <laughs> it's sick fucker. Get the fuck out of here. Quit stealing shit from my house.
1: Yeah. So in August of 1962, Adams actually submitted his application to obtain a visa to travel to America. However, this application was denied due to his uh, dangerous drug convictions on his record. He later went on to become the president and honorary medical officer for the British Clay Pigeon Shooting Association. And a November, in a bizarre twist of events, remember how Sir Roland Gwyn had distanced himself. Right. On November fifteenth, nineteen seventy-one, Gwyn passed away, and Adams was the doctor responsible for signing his death certificate.
0: <laughs> yeah. love No. So, lo- no. No love lost there.
1: Yeah. So on June 30th, 1983, while he was shooting in Battle East Sussex, Adams fell and broke his hip. He was taken to the Eastbourne Hospital for treatment. However, he developed an infection in his chest. And as a result of that infection, he actually passed away on July 4th from left ventricle failure. When Adams died, his estate was valued at 402,970 pounds, of which he bequeathed a 1,000 of that to Percy Hoskins, the reporter. Mm-hmm. And Hoskins gave his endowment to charity. And up until the day he died, um, Adams continued to receive inheritance from his patients who passed away.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I chose this case because... There's still a question on whether he was truly a murderer or not.
0: Right. Uh, this is a tough one because on the surface. I mean, he could
1: have been a Kevorkian for, on, of his time.
0: Yeah. But on, on the surface, it looks like he was doing nefarious shit. Yeah, However, some, yeah. maybe you're super What clinched it for me that made me really start questioning was that even after all the court shit, his patients still kept, kept coming to him. Yes. You know, so maybe they bequeathed him things in their will because he was really close. Yeah. He patients, and, w-
1: and a lot of doctors become friends with their patients and their families. No, it, it exactly.
0: Happens. Exactly. You know, like when I had Dr. Coffee, him and I were tight.
1: Especially back in that day when doctors made house calls and,
0: right. you know. So it could have been something like that. Like I said, on the surface, it looks like it's kind of like, oh, you're up to some shit. But maybe he was just super close with these people. And they're, hey, look, we consider you part of the family. Yeah. I can call you 24 hours a day and you come running. Yeah. You know, so, hey, have, have a little something extra. I can't take it with me. Right. So, yeah, the the only thing that really bothers me is calling ahead going, this bitch going to die. She's not dead yeah. yet, coroner, but... Uh, yeah, and the <laughs> thing that got us. me
1: was how he uh, would steal shit.
0: Yeah, the, the stealing thing is kind of bizarre. That bothered me. Yeah, and the calling ahead. Yeah. That you don't normally call a coroner until you know... Cause you, no, nobody can speculate when somebody's going to die. This is true. By and large, with the exception of my dad. My dad uh, died exactly when he wanted to die. Oh, gotta, well. Like, oh, I'll tell you that story. This is what he told my, my stepmom. Okay. Karen. Uh, he, that day, he was in his hospital room, and he looked at her, and he goes, I'm ready. Today's going to be the day that I'm going to die. And she goes, okay. He goes, but I can't die till I talk to Scotty. And I was living in Palm Springs, okay. California.
1: Oh, the real Palm Springs.
0: Yeah, the real Palm Springs, not fucking Yakima, the Palm Springs of yeah, Washington, which is not even close. So after about 20 calls, because I was busy, mm-hmm. I finally pick up and my dad talked to me. Mm-hmm. We talked for about 10 minutes. Okay. He hung up, was dead within two minutes. Really? Yep. He died exactly when he, he wasn't going to go out until he had his shit done. Wow. He knew when he was going to die.
1: That's bizarre.
0: Uh-huh. Bizarre family, man.
1: Well, yeah. I've I've come to realize that and I haven't even met <laughs> anybody but your son.
0: You don't want to meet anybody but my son, trust me.
1: <laughs> I'd like to meet your daughter someday.
0: She's pretty cool. I like her. She's I think her and
1: I I think she would help me get, you know, pull a prank on
0: you. Maybe.
1: I think she would.
0: She loves me though. But she awesome. would
1: still prank you. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so, like I said, it, um, and to this day, there are some in England that swear he was a serial killer and some that say, no, he was not, that he was just a scapegoat. They were oh. trying to prove a point and they didn't prove it.
0: I'm kind of on that. Because you t- notice they didn't even
1: bring up Gertrude's murder after that. They didn't even try him for that one.
0: That's why I'm kind of I'm balancing it. And it's normally I can say I'm like 60-40 split. Yeah. Or or better, you know. So I can go. This oh, one, no, I'm fifty
1: fifty. Yeah, totally 50-50. This one's 50. dead
0: center for me. Like fifty-fifty yeah. going maybe because mm-hmm. there's some nefarious shit that went down, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Maybe yeah. maybe this is just all weird circumstances and maybe he Maybe him stealing stuff is maybe he had kleptomania. He was. a I know,
1: and that doesn't mean he's a murderer. Doesn't mean
0: he's a murderer. It just means he likes to steal shit, and his brother has to pat him down and pull baby rattles out of his crotch.
1: There, there, you have it—the <laughs> silver rattles.
0: <laughs> That's right, and silver the Rolls Royces
1: out of his ass. <laughs>
0: silver balls. Oh,
1: stop it!
0: I've got a rattle in my junk pants.
1: <laughs> You're bad. Okay, anyways, that's all I have for Adam. <laughs> yeah, since it's still a question whether he was a murderer, I'm not even going to ask nature or nurture because we still don't even know if he killed anybody.
0: Yeah, it's kind of bizarre.
1: Yeah, well, there it you go. Well
0: will haunt my memories. All right, remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at com.
1: It is not going to haunt your memories.
0: Much like Granny Midgets, it might. <laughs>
1: Not like the iguana with the bandana?
0: That one is awesome. I still occasionally think about that one, but last night I actually had a, a nightmare about granny midgets. I believe you. I woke up coughing and hacking and like worse than normal and scared and sweating because yeah. they were naked and they looked like little hobgoblins.
1: You're weird. <laughs>
0: okay, go Check ahead. Check out the website at com. Click on that Amazon link cause it helps out the show. Doesn't cost you a thing extra. What else? We uh, You know, look for our blogs. We're on Medium. Crime Beat on Medium is wherever we get your blogs. Um, if you want to start your own podcast, send us an email about that. Pitch us your idea because we are expanding that part of the yeah, company. Yeah, send
1: that one to admin at Twisted Blue LLC.
0: Yeah, that always helps. Give them yeah. the right address and everything. Yeah. There you go. Party on. Yeah. All right. This show's copyrighted 2021 20, by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. And we will talk to you all later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye, everybody.